Hi there and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Today we're going to be answering one of our listener questions from Lauren. But before we get to that, if you are a dog professional, listen up because we've got something really cool coming soon to pause up dogs. After speaking to loads and loads of my dog professional peers and colleagues, I found that there wasn't really a space for people to go to share the more difficult side of the job that we do. So whether you're a veterinarian or a dog trainer, a behaviourist, a physiotherapist, canine hydrotherapy, whatever it is that you do, a groomer perhaps, we don't often talk about the more difficult side of our jobs, the emotional side of working with dogs and their people, whether we're working with a dog that's very anxious or shut down or aggressive, or whether we're working with people who are very anxious or upset or worried about the behaviour that they're seeing from their dog. Sometimes our job can be really, really hard. And it's important to have a space where you can talk confidentially about the difficult side of the job. Get some support from your peers in a place that you know you're not going to be judged, you're just going to be listened to and it's confidential so no one can hear all of those difficult emotions that you might be experiencing. If that sounds like something that would be useful to you, go and check in the show notes. There'll be a link there for you to sign up for the waiting list to find out and hear more information about this when it comes out or if you're listening after the launch date then there'll be an opportunity to sign up and join us. Okay, let's get to the episode. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist. And each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi everybody and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. So today we are asking, we are answering, I should say, one of our listener questions. So if you have a question that you would like me to answer on the podcast, if you go down to the bottom of this episode, wherever you're listening to it, and check out the show notes, which is a description of the episode, you'll find a link there where you can submit your question. Okay, so today's question is from Lauren and Lauren asked, how do I help my dog settle when he is aroused and highly worked up? So I'll say that one more time. How do I help my dog to settle when he is aroused and highly worked up? So I chose this question today because I think it's a question lots of us have as pet parents. It's certainly one I had when I got my very first dog and it's common because dogs do get very excitable sometimes and it can be hard to know how to manage and how to help them in that situation. So Lauren, what I tend to do is I split this into three sections. So the first one is preparation, the second is distraction and the third is actual teaching or training I guess. So first one, preparation. The reason you want to kind of prepare, and this is something I refer to as PVR, so proactive versus reactive dog training. You might have heard me speak about this on the podcast before. So the reason we want to do a little bit of preparation work is because when your dog is in that highly aroused state, it's very hard to get through to them. So they are, it's kind of like lights are on, but no one's home. I can sort of hear you calling my name, but I can't really hear you because I'm just so overexcited. So classic example I used to have with my dog is we'd be walking down the street and he'd see someone he knew across the other side of the road. So one of my friends or something, and he'd be like, oh my gosh, there's my favourite person. I have to get to her. (laughs) Um, And he'd be almost lunging, dragging me across the road, trying to get there. And in that moment, 
I couldn't do any teaching. I couldn't try to train or do anything to help him because he, he wasn't there. It was, the brain was not working properly. Um, and also your brain may also not be working to its full capacity. And if you go back to listen to the episode we did a couple of episodes ago called Who's Triggered... Um, who's more triggered you or the dog that's talking about how we also have an emotional response to our dog's emotions so there's a lot going on in the moment so this is why we want to prepare a little bit so what I would suggest is today when your dog is snoozing legs in the air not a care in the world sit down with a bit of paper and just write down five to ten situations in which your dog gets highly aroused and overexcited so five to ten situations that's what you're looking for um i want you to write down what happens so what is the situation what happens and how quickly does it take your dog to go from zero to a (laughs) hundred is it a zero to a hundred situation or is it more that your dog is a little bit excited and then suddenly they get wildly overexcited how quickly are they able to calm down and then from that list you're going to pick the one that causes the most stress so what really makes you embarrassed and worried what makes you frustrated pick that one and that's the one you're going to work on first and foremost so we've got our our top 10 perhaps we're going to whittle it down to three and then we might whittle it right down to that one that causes the most amount of stress for you and your dog Okay, so that's a good place to start. The other thing we want to think about in terms of preparation, and this is linked a little bit to our next section, but I want you to prepare ahead so that if you know you're going to be in that situation, that one that causes the most stress, (laughs) and there's not really any way around it, there's not an option for the dog to not be there, it's, it's, you know, you're in that situation, you want to think about how you can best prepare yourself to cope. So if your dog is able to take food when they're highly aroused, you're going to make sure you're equipped. So let's say my example of my dog seeing someone in the park or across the road and being like, what's you? (laughs) What I want to do in that situation is make sure I go out with a treat bag with some treats inside it for my food motivated dog or with a toy. It's um. It's funny because I always just imagine people do that. And then I go to see someone and they're like, oh, do I take treats out with me? And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So just to make that very explicit, if that's not obvious, make sure you're equipped. If it's a situation that's happening inside your house or inside somewhere else maybe you would think about what are my other options can my dog have a licky mat can my dog have a stuffed topple or a kong or a long-lasting chew or something like that you'd also be thinking about preparing areas and spaces so let's say when you drive your dog to uh, I don't know training class and you take it in turns your dog gets very overexcited waiting for their turn okay well is there an option to block off their visual um, access so maybe to put a table in front of them so they can't see the other dogs working or are you able to take your dog outside and just do some uh, treat finding in the grass while you're waiting for your turn or little things like this just a little bit of preparation to kind of set yourself up for the best possible success you can have in that situation okay so that's preparation number two is distraction now distraction is often frowned upon in in the dog training world it's like oh well you're not training you're just distracting yeah well sometimes you need it (laughs) so as I said when your dog's mind is really in that space where they can't listen to you ideally we want to not put them in that situation but sometimes it's unavoidable so let's say your dog's trigger for overexcitement is your your son coming home from school 
you're not going to be able to stop your son from coming home from school for, for the next month while you help your dog. That's not possible. So we need to think about how we work around that scenario. So in the example, I gave an example a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about jumping up, about some of the things you can do to, do to distract. But what I would say is you want to be careful about what you use as a distraction and it really depends on your dog. So let's say we've got the son coming home from school as an example. You might be able to distract your dog with a toy. Maybe they have a favourite toy. That's okay if your dog will take their toy to their bed and have a chew on it maybe. But if you distract your dog with a toy and they're tugging and tugging and they're barking, that's just serving to make things even more heightened. So you need to think about what's suitable for your dog. Let's say you've got a dog that will very happily chew on a chew, like a long lasting chew, like a camel hide or something like that for 10 minutes and then they get excited again. Okay, well then maybe they can do that for the first 10 minutes and then you clip their harness on and you go for a walk or something like that so you're just thinking about some ways that you can distract your dog in the moment because if you have a dog that gets very excited and then calms down very quickly it's not really an issue but if you've got a dog that gets excited and stays excited for two hours that becomes a bit of a problem so you want to think up can I change up the physiology of my dog. So can I get them moving in some way? So can we go out for a walk perhaps? Or can I do something to help them self-soothe? So that would be the other side, which would be the chewing, the licking, the sniffing, those kinds of things. Okay, so there's a couple of things that you can do in the moment, in the meantime, whilst you're also doing this training in other scenarios. Okay, so the training game that I'm going to give you to work on today is something that we call temperature tester. So what this is, it's a game that helps your dog get very excited as if they need any help. (laughs) And then it teaches them that they need to settle and be calm again. So we're just giving that message of, yeah, of course you can be happy and excited. But just as quickly as you've gone up, I also need you to come back down and to settle again for my own well-being as well as yours. Okay. So temperature tests are very easy. I'm going to describe it by using a toy, but you could use food as well. Um, You would just have a little food party, one, two, three, four, five treats. So if you've got a dog that doesn't like a toy, don't switch off because you can use food as well. But if you have got a toy motivated dog, um, listen up now. So if you're multitasking, come back to me just for a second. Okay, so temperature tester, how do we play? You're going to get a amazing toy and I would actually recommend getting a brand new toy so depending on what your dog likes if you've got dog that likes tugging I'd get a really nice long fluffy tuggy toy um you could use a ball so long as your dog will retrieve it any kind of toy that your dog is going to enjoy So what you're going to do is you're going to cool them over, you're going to produce this amazing toy and you're going to run up and down, come and get it, come and get it, your dog's going to chase you, you're going to let them grab the toy, play, 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 fun, 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 really engage in that game, so get them excited, use your energy, use your voice, use your movement to really get them tugging and really, really excited. So you're going to do that for about 30 seconds I would say because it's quite hard for us to stay really animated for longer than that so about 30 seconds or so then you're going to take the toy away and do that by whatever mean is suitable for your dog so you might swap it out for a treat you might have a dog that knows how to drop a toy whatever works it doesn't matter so take the toy away you stuff it up your jumper or behind your back or something like that and you're just going to go and sit down 
So you might sit on a dining room chair, you might sit on the sofa and you're just going to wait and wait and wait. And what we're waiting for is your dog to show some kind of settled behaviour. So for dogs that are very over aroused, that might just look like standing still for a second, just a second of stillness. For dogs that are a little bit more experienced, they might sit, they might lie down. But the important bit is you are not asking them to do those things. You're just waiting for them to make their own choice. Okay. As soon as that dog settles for just a second or two, then we're going to play again. So we're going to get up and say, let's play. And we're going to have another go. Da, 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 da. Play, 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 play. Tug, 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 tug. And then we're going to sit down again and we're going to wait for the settle. Okay, so I don't want you to play more than twice initially because we do not want our dogs to get bored of this game. We want it to be fun and high energy. The idea is that we are getting them revved up, we're getting them excited, and then we're teaching them to self settle. Okay, so the reward for the dog for settling is to get to have another go. That's the whole idea. So, a couple of troubleshooting points we don't want our dogs to disengage from us. So, if you've got a dog that's likely to just leave the room, then you might play, play this game on a lead or you might play in a small room with the door closed. We want to make sure that they have the opportunity to self settle next to us. What happens if they don't? What happens if they stand and bark at us? <laughs> That's no problem. If you've got a dog that barks at you for more than 10 seconds, I would just help them out a little bit. So that's the only situation in which I would say, can you lie down? Good girl. And then we would go again. So if you've got barking for more than 10 seconds, you could help the first couple of times. But I really want you to try not to give them a verbal cue as much as you possibly can or a physical cue because you might say, well, I haven't said it, but I have given them a physical cue with my hand. That's pretty much the same thing. You're still cueing them. So try not to as much as you can. And you're just going to build on this. So the way you would make this harder over time is you would play for longer and then ask for a settle. You might have multiple family members join in. You might do it in the garden. You might do it in the park. You're going to change up your toy. So you've got something really exciting. You're going to make it as you want to get them as aroused as you possibly can. Don't be scared of that high arousal because often we think, oh my gosh, I'm trying to keep them calm. Why would I rev them up? Well, it's because it becomes real life. Often we do a ton of calm work and a calm, ton of calmness training and it works when we're training it because the dog understands this is an exercise but then take them into a real life situation where they become highly aroused and excited. It's not going to work because they've never practiced that high arousal with you. So get them excited, get them revved up and then get them to settle again. I'd be really interested to let you to uh, find out how you got on with this. So let us know on Instagram, tag us in your story over at uh, Pause Up Dogs Training on Instagram and any questions you've got you can let us know over there as well or send us an email to info at pauseupdogs.com. Okay, take care. See you next time. Hi there, thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you are a dog training professional and you would like some more support with the emotional side of working with dogs and their people, so not so much learning how to train, but actually how to work with anxiety and depression and some of those really tough days when it comes to being a dog professional, then make sure you check out the link in the show notes. If you are listening before we launch this, then it will be a waiting list for you to join. And if it's after our launch date, then you can come ahead and see if you would 
would like to become a member. So it's all about providing a supportive, confidential space for people to talk about some of the challenges of working with dogs and their people and to have it respected, supported and listened to. Okay, take care.